Älskar du den här podden? Stötta den genom IKAs nya supporterfunktion. Det är helt upp till dig hur mycket du vill bidra med och det finns ingen bindningstid. Klicka på länken i poddbeskrivningen för att visa din uppskattning och stötta podden. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right. Hey, and welcome to the audio podcast again. And uh, this time uh, we are uh, guested by Ryan. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Ryan Bustle. The one and only. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And of course... Yeah, and Alphonse Kibilenso. So uh, this time we're going to talk a little bit about... um, being in the middle of the comedy business in Sweden and also in parallel have uh, a day job. <laughs> why, <laughs> yes, why, do you, why do you have a day job, Ryan? Because I can't pay the bills with fear. Yeah, uh, I know. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish we could, though. That, wouldn't that be great? Pay with beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no money, only beer. But, Ryan, you're, you uh, and uh, Erik Börjesson and uh, Jenny Cash... You are uh, running uh, Power Comedy Club. Correct. Power Comedy Club. Yeah. Brother Tuck on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Right. And then also Cash Comedy. Uh, Cash Comedy Club. That's right. Slow. Slow rounds. That's our traveling concept. So we do special shows with that. Okay. So Power Comedy, that's at? Brother Tuck. Yeah. Skansel. Uh, yeah. Götgatan, right? 85, yep. Yeah. And you're doing that two days a week. Yes. Two nights a week. We are insane. Yeah. We started doing it with just one night a week. The goal eventually is to do it many times a week. Uh, we started with one night, and then we graduated two. So yeah, slow increase. Wow. Yeah. So, t- t- tell us a little about that. What's the? Wh- why did you start it? Because it's a special. It's a special club, actually. I mean, it's the only open mic in Stockholm. It's the only real open mic. That's we're kind of proud of that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, our our, our, right. our whole idea was we thought, okay, well, if we leave it really open, so really anyone that shows up looking for a spot. It's going to get on. And you never know who's going to be there. Like mm-hmm. Magnus Bettinier could show up and get a spot. Soren Ismail could show up and not get a spot. No, it's going to be anyone. That was the joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for explaining <laughs> <laughs> I really want. I really want him to show up so we don't give him a spot. I want to be yeah. the club that doesn't give him a spot. Yeah. <laughs> can I have a spot? Yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> There's so many unknown comedians that are really shitty here yeah. today, so you can't get a spot. <laughs> What what yeah. I really love about the concept is, uh, I mean, no no Stockholm comic 
any, any comic who's come up in this scene and not been around had, doesn't really have a real clear idea of what it's like anywhere else. If you go anywhere else, if you go to London, go to New York City, and go to an open mic, the audience is pretty much entirely the comics that are on that night. Mm. We wanted to give, give people that experience. Like, this is what it's really like. This is what comedy is really like to show up. You get five minutes. You have to keep your time. Not, there are other clubs where you get five minutes and you go on for seven, eight, nine, and no one's waving you off. And like for us, like we want to be strict on time. Just give as many people a chance as we could. Yeah. Uh, for me, Power Comedy Club was very important in order to be able to continue because, uh, as you know, I went to course for AMI, and in that course, you could have a gig at Big Ben. And uh, after that, I'm, I, I wouldn't continue, maybe, if it wasn't for Power. Because at power, I could go again and again. So not only I could uh, try my material, I could meet other comedians that would pep in, you know, give you encouragement when you give up, when you don't want to continue anymore. So for me, it's the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> we make it easy. Yeah. That's the other thing is, I mean, there are clubs, there are so many clubs in, in town. And the reality is, you could perform very often at pretty much any club in town if you keep going there if you keep like nagging for a time you'll you'll get on at least sometimes maybe not all the time uh, but we don't really do that that much in Stockholm maybe not anymore because like some clubs have a booking system where you email someone and you find out okay you can be on two months okay then I'll come in two months hmm. not go to every show like hunting like really grinding hmm. which is something you would do anywhere else yeah but at least with us if you show up you're going to get on. We, yeah. we haven't had a night yet. We, we always said, if the night gets like one o'clock in the morning and there's no one there, then we're going to say, okay, we'll end the show. But we haven't had to do that yet. There's always someone there. To, to <laughs> always someone there to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And uh, another unique opportunity that I think that I have as a comedian is that something that I think is very unique with Power Comedy Club is that uh, you, can, you can stay and hang out with other comedians and that's i don't think that you have it anywhere else and not anywhere i have not not in the form that you have it at power uh, have you noticed that some comedians come quite late just to hang just out just to hang yeah that does yeah. happen and that's one thing i actually i mentioned that before that uh i, I really missed that uh well mafia comedy used to be at bar spaka and oh. and under bar bar and both mm -hmm. places had like great rooms just for the comics to hang. Wow. And uh, when they, Moffat doesn't do shows there anymore, there really wasn't a place for comics just to hang out. Of course, you can hang out any, anywhere. Mm. But like a real place to really hang. Mm. So I was happy that Power Comic became that for so many people. My problem is that when I've done the show, I've been there to show with uh, Brother Tuck for four hours, you know, first to set things up, mm. then the show goes on, then take things down. Mm. And I live in Knivsta, which is very far away. The last thing I can do is hang out even <laughs> even, yeah. even later, which is a shame because I see people hang out and I want to I want to join. Someday I will. Someday. Yeah. So when you're doing power comedy, what time are you back in Knivsta again? Uh, it depends on how late it gets. Uh, but if I'm lucky, I catch the last train home and then I'm home at like one in the morning. Uh, otherwise, night bus, which has happened more often than I like to yeah. admit. Uh, then it could be three, four in the morning, and then. Back to work next day. Yeah, that was re it's really a cool place. It's the same thing for me actually, because if it weren't for uh, power comedy, I wouldn't still be doing comedy actually. Because mm. 
you need some uh, continuity to get up on the stage, do your writing, and just trying out and learning how how it is to be up there. So it's it's been tremendous actually. And I remember the first time I went down. You know, I met you and Erik and, and Jenny and really welcome you're really insecure when you're starting you know <laughs> walking down in the basement and okay who's the owners here <laughs> that was fantastic i, I think it's uh I, I, yeah it's it's a great place i'm really grateful thank you i think and it was few time that uh, i felt that i it, it's hard you know being a comedian it, it emotionally you go through so many things that makes you doubt yourself and you don't want to continue because it's Yeah, you know how it is. It's scary to stay in front of people and talk. So it has been time that I gave up, and I just came. I I, I just mm. go and I don't do a gig. I just go there. I don't want to do a gig. And you, I, I I I remember that you, Eric, and Yanni, you noticed that. So they took turn, and somehow encouraging me, and it was very important. Like. For a club owner having a personal relationship, mm-hmm. that I I call it for really, really caring yeah. about the comedians yeah. and uh, we do. But there's one thing though, uh, we are desperate for women. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Also>. <laughs> desperate. <laughs> that <was why. laughs> if, if Alphonse was showing up every time, we'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Alphonse is here. We, oh, you don't want yeah. a gig? Oh, that's too bad. We have eighty other guys. Yeah. You show up. Say, please go on. <laughs> It can only take so many dick yeah. jokes. I <laughs> so no, but, but of course, we, you, you, you've both been regulars. You both have been coming so often, so it is nice. Yeah, absolutely, get on. So the same doesn't goes for the boys who give up. Yeah. <laughs> who, give up. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's so many. I mean, if you look at the comedy scene, there's so many uh, guys actually yeah. trying it out, but and not that many women at all. I don't know why, yes. but it's it's increasing though, isn't it? I I don't really know because I'm too new to the scene. Actually, what's the status? Is I, oh, good. No, sorry, no, I insist. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say that uh, rookies come in waves. Okay. And also, I want to make a, a point really clear here. Here, um, I've been doing comedy now for about eight years, and I am a rookie. I'm a rookie comic. I've been running clubs. I've been. I have no idea how many gigs I've done. You're not Quite rookie, a, but okay. But the thing is, I am though, and that's what makes it really difficult to uh, talk to other comics in Stockholm because on a Stockholm level, I'm a veteran. But if I go anywhere else, if I, if I walk into a, a club in London or New York City and say, "Yeah, I'm a veteran comic. I've done this for eight years," mm. they would look at me like, "Who the hell are you? <laughs> Shut <laughs> so, the fuck yeah, up!" If, if, if you're doing comedy for less than ten years, yeah. you're absolutely a rookie. Yeah. Now the problem is, that there's no really good word for like rookie, rookie. And then rookie. Yeah, so, so you so you wanted to have the different. Yeah, it, it sounds like me. I want A B C level on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can reach further and further. Yeah, okay. So we need we need some more levels actually, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Something But in the Ryan, middle. you're not. You are you're yeah. being modest. You're not a rookie. So. At least we don't consider you that no, in, in, at the odd job. So, thank you. You're both very fresh. And yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I can, I can be, I can be a mentor. Yeah. But you any, any, anyone, anyone like a real veteran will listen yeah. to this. Like, who yeah. the hell is he talking? To? Why is he talking about anything? <laughs> That's great. How did you start, Ryan? What, eight years ago, was it? Eight years ago, yeah, yeah just about. So, what's your starting point? Why, why did you start? Uh, well, to go back, I've been in love with comedy with Sam since I was 11 years old. Okay. And then, what was your first uh, memory of comedy when you really, you know, really seized on it? Yeah. Uh, 
I can't remember my exact first. I used to watch because I'm old enough uh, when when cable really took off in America and they were dying for content. Uh, stand up was there, so there was a lot of stand up on mm-hmm. TV, but it was all like very basic cable, so you couldn't say bad words at all. Okay. Uh, and then I was I was uh, my clearest memory is I was 11 years old. My father remarried, and uh, after after the party, uh, a friend of the family drove me home, and he uh, like an hour home, and he was like 24, 25, mm-hmm. and he he put on. Uh, an album called No Respect by uh, Rodney Dangerfield. And I was so blown away. I was like, I was so like, uh, I, thought, I thought the guy I was with was like the coolest guy ever. Yeah. You know, like I was, I was 11 years old, but he let me listen to like his like adult album. Like where they were saying bad words. And he was like saying, d- d- telling dirty jokes. Yeah. And I was, I just fell in love completely. Mm. And my parents were both pretty hands off. I really could pretty much watch anything I wanted to. Mm. So I saw a lot of stuff that was so far of my my age uh but just it was absorbed it all and i just loved it forever and i always would say to people like yeah i'd love to try sometime i'd love to try sometime i would try sometime and never did you never did back in the states never did back in the okay. states no so i was here and i was uh working for a company i was out for like out for a walk with a couple of guys like, after lunch and i said for the millionth time yeah i love stamp i'd love to try it sometime and one guy said uh, oh you should you absolutely should uh there's a guy in my, my class in high school Who's a comic now? And that was uh, Farsad, Farsad oh, Nori. Okay. It's like okay, and then like, the second I saw like there was like a real opportunity to do it, I thought, okay, now I have to. I can't, I can't just keep talking no. about it. Now I have to. So I looked into it, and I heard about the uh, Bungie comedy, and Bungie was in Stockholm at the time, and it was a competition for absolute beginners, like never been on stage before, as a competition. So I started with that, and then uh, I met Thomas uh, Bonderud, who runs Big Ben. There and I started going to Big Ben every show. Like, can I get on? No. Can I get on? No. Can I get on? Maybe three months? No. Can I get on? No. Okay. For months. Yeah. And finally, they answered my emails and I started. There was no booking system back in, oh, that, okay. in those days. Uh, so it took several months, but then I was like hooked and I was going every time. Okay, cool. So you started here. I was thinking you started uh, actually uh, back in the States. Even. No, I should have, but no, mm. I never did. Yeah, okay, cool. How about but, uh, Nagmi, uh, do you have any, what's your first comedy experience? I wasn't that much um, into stand-up comedy, uh, but what I had seen, it was like Trevor Nuva and some Iranian um, comedians that has gone famous in England and like um, Omid Jalili or uh, Max Amini. Is that comedy in Farsi or is it in English? No, they they do in English and they are like they when they come to Sweden. I think Omidalili came to Sweden a while ago. Like it's like three four hundred. They have international people going and look. They are quite big. Mm. So no, I didn't have that much experience. And here in Sweden, I mostly knew about like Iranian comedians. Yeah, Zinat Pisa there. Uh, so it's it's after I went for Amis course and I started at Big Ben and Power. Then I yeah I got interested, but still I don't know the most famous comedians. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I actually. I don't have that. You know I don't know everything, nothing at all actually. <laughs> but my my favorite, my first you know comic stand up moment was uh, listening to Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. and his. Uh, I had this cassette tape. Yeah. Raw. That was back in 84. I was uh, studying uh, at Salt Lake City, University of Utah. And uh, I got this tape and I was, blew me away, actually. Mm. I listened to that. I, I think I've listened to it, you know, like two times a day for 
four years or something. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. But w what was the name of his show? Was Raw. Raw. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that was Raw. the second album. Yeah, yeah. Delirious came Delirious before that. Delirious was the first one. And yeah. yeah, I watched that when that came out. And mm. my mother kind of like saw me watching it. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of shaking her head like, oh, you shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> but she still like quotes yeah. jokes from that album. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's held up. Not everything is hold, held up. If no, you go back and watch no. it now, it's like, yeah. but a lot of it has. Some of it, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's fun. So, Ryan, uh, what about uh, trends? I'm curious. You've been in the business for a long time. For, for, I mean, for, by for standards here, yeah, yes. by <laughs> by our standards at least. But uh, you know, the, the trends. What what's the trends? What, what was it? If you compare today's stand-up comedians uh, with uh, say eight years or something ago in Sweden, can you see a trend? Shifting? Singing seems to be a new thing. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, I don't know why, but uh, there are more comics singing as part of their sets. Oh. I have no idea why. Now, uh, uh, trend-wise, we're talking about waves. Yeah. And I know uh, when you both came, uh, came on the scene, just then there was a, a, like a wave of fresh faces. Uh, and then a lot of them you don't see anymore. Okay. Since, even since you started, a lot of them kind of have fallen off. And that will happen again. It just it, it happens in waves. Oh. Suddenly, there's a lot of new faces on on the scene. Suddenly, there's like I think eight clubs will open up. It explodes. Yeah, and then it all kind of goes away uh, for a while. And then it's waves coming back, coming and going. Mm. I can imagine because yeah, I mean I've I've been to stand up for a year, no, ten months actually, but soon, thirtieth <laughs> of January, twenty nineteen. I have my first anniversary. Yeah, I think so. I did same. my first uh, first stand-up gig at uh, Big Ben, 30th of January this year. That yeah. was scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember. It was for me as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, w I was going somewhere with this, but I, I oh, lost sorry. it, actually. You were talking about your anniversary. Yeah. Trend and waves. Uh, no, there were so yeah, there were so many new faces you were saying. That's right. So I was thinking that it always was a lot of new people trying stand up out, but but I can just during this year I've seen a lot of people not coming back actually. They they do one or two gigs, three gigs, four maybe, and then uh, they don't really keep on grinding because I, I'm I'm guessing I thought it would go faster that it would be better faster but it's such a hard work it's really hard to be good yeah, i mean and, and honestly it should be we, we we do make it easy a power as again everyone shows up gets on it does not matter about skill level or anything whatever you want to do if I, I i see a lot of people who like they don't develop mm. but they're happy doing it so yeah okay it is it is what you want to get out of it yeah that's all it is yeah but i know when i when i first started i learned like one of the first things i learned by talking to people asking everyone like how long you've been doing this and i met a lot of people uh, six months eight months a year two years three years five years seven yeah. years there was a huge gap after yeah. just three years mm. there's a lot of people who like who, who will do it, they'll do it that long after, and after three years think okay i'm not getting anywhere i'm not getting any of this well, um not enjoying it and they and they quit mm. you have to enjoy it i mean even even if it doesn't go good I mean, you have to enjoy. It should feel good, though, being up on stage. I love it, even when I'm bombing. <laughs> In a sense, I'm I'm still loving it. I like it, anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, the same goes to me. I think yeah. It's really weird. And that's why I tell everyone, people who say, uh, I, I would never, I would never dare, I could never dare to try stand up. I ask them, like, okay, have you ever, have you ever told a joke to your friends that you thought was really funny, yeah. and no one else did, and everyone says yes, of course. Mm. That's all stand up is. Yeah. It's like we we like everything we say. Like everything we say is funny to us. And it sucks when no one, no one agrees with you. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's bombing. But it still doesn't take away the fact that you enjoy it. That's right. Yeah, you're, you're just trying to convince as many of them as you can that you are correct, that it is funny. Yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that's the trick. I mean, I, I can see uh, when you go to a club and you have a gig and, and the audience is not you know, really responding and you can see the first comedian coming up and the response is really, well, cold at the best. And then, you know, you have four or five comedians coming up, same response. And then you have a really, you know, skillful comedian coming up and just lifting the room. Those are always the ones I respect the most. I, yeah. I've seen comics do that. Like walk, mm. walk into any room, doesn't matter circumstances or anything, and just turn it all around. Do you have that's the level. That's, that's where I want to be. I want to mm. be there. I can that's, turn any room around. Yeah. Then you're real. Then then you're funny for real, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an example? Do you have a favorite Swedish comedian that has this uh, uh, capacity? Well, I can say. Well, the, the one example that springs to mind. Uh, I was I had a gig. I, I, I had just started. I've been doing comedy for less than a year. And at the time, I had a job that was taking me. Uh, living in Sweden, that job was taking me to Dublin on a regular mm. basis. So when I went to Dublin, I would do comedy also. So there for business, but also for, for pleasure. And it was, I loved it. Mm. And at that time, I, it's, it always seemed like there were kind of phases that comics go through. And a lot of comics go through initially, start off, and the goal is, okay, I'm going I'm to I'm make people laugh. I'm going to make people laugh. And you do that. And then your next phase is, okay, now I can offend them. Now I can make them, I can make them groan and say really offensive stuff instead. And I was very much in that phase. Mm. I was in Dublin performing, and uh, it was a comedy competition also. And I had coworkers in Dublin who came to see me, and I just purposely just drove the hammer home, and it just like just dug a giant crater. And I was so happy. I walked off stage like, yes, <laughs> I did it. And my co- the coworkers were like, why did you do that? Like you were doing so well. And I said, and I, said uh, I don't care what they think. Oh. And then the next day, I came back to Sweden, and I had a gig at a, a Solna Comedy Club, which doesn't exist anymore. And it was my longest gig ever. I was going to do 12 minutes. And I was so excited. I invited like everyone I knew and like 15 people came to see me. Mm. And I bombed so badly. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was at a, a offside sports bar. Yeah. There were people there for eat, eat dinner that had no idea there was a show. So they were like irritated. And I was standing right, right next. There's no stage. I was like saying next to a table full of people were pissed off that I was talking to microphone. I, my back was soaked with sweat. I think I had like five yeah. minutes. Yeah. And I just walked off like, oh, this is the wor- just the worst feeling ever. And the next two comics went on, same thing. But the sound system was awful. No one cared about anything. Uh, and then uh, Melody, Melody Farshan went yeah. on. And she turned everything, the entire night, completely around. Because she didn't like just go into her material or anything. She just like talked to people and she addressed the room and mm. just changed the whole thing for everyone. Wow. And just made me feel like even more of a failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, it's good, though, to see that because you, you get a reflection and, and you see that, okay, I, I need to work this another, in another way if I'm going to lift the room. or I mean, you learn, you learn by watching. Yeah. But I, I, I have seen so many times someone go on stage just purposely offensive, just like just blatantly dark, yeah. like not intending to get laughter, mm. and then walk off stage like, nailed it. 
Ooh. nailed it. Fantastic gig. He's like, no, you, you clearly bombed. <laughs> but they're so happy because that's, that's what they wanted. Yeah, okay. And not caring at all about the audience okay. or the club or anything. So, but my challenge actually is every time I go up, my aim is to get everybody to laugh. That's my, I mean, I'm really serious about that. And when I don't get the laughter, I need to go home, do my homework and be better next time. But I, my goal is always to actually please. I, I mean, not please in in selling out myself all the time, but my, my, my aim is to have a material or work myself to the position where I can be funny. And I'm an entertain. I'm standing on the stage. I'm supposed to entertain. That's my view of it. But, you know, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I was in uh, in bungee comedy, yeah, there was one other American that was actually in my, in my group. It was a lot of people then. Someone uh, we know? No, no. Cause uh, I never saw him again. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But in Bungie, you had three minutes. Mm-hmm. That was it. You had three minutes. You had to hold your time. And uh, he spent his, his entire three minutes. The essential of the punchline was uh, anal sex is a pain in the ass, huh? Like, literally, it was three minutes about mm-hmm. having anal sex with his girlfriend. That was it. That was the <laughs> only thing he talked about for three minutes. And I sat there wondering, like, why, why is he want to spend three minutes talking about only that? He was the first of many comics I've seen do that. Really? It's like everyone comes up like... <laughs> I bet no one's ever talked about this before. Like everyone has talked about this. We get it. <laughs> there's, you have, there's nothing new you can no. say. If you want to shock, it's really hard. In it's this. really hard. Yeah, it can be quite, uh, it could be quite cool if it was just few people who would go up and they're talking loads about like the sex life, penis and stuff. But since so many people do it, then it's not cool yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's really hard to find like new like new ground. Like yeah. uh, pretty much yeah. everything has been, mm. but it, in general, it's hard hard to be like entirely one hundred percent original. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about top. Every topic has been addressed in some way. Yeah. Try to come up with some new point on it, but yeah. But but sex is an easy one because sex makes everyone yeah. uncomfortable, yeah. or yeah. or it's very important to a lot of people. So it's yeah. a good topic in general. But yeah, if if you're just trying to shock. It's not going to happen. No, I'm guessing not. <laughs> That's going to be a hard thing to do, actually, in a good way, in a funny way. But uh, compare, uh, you've been out touring also, right? Yes. I with? Uh, with Team America. We did that last year. Yeah. So it was me and uh, five other comics. Who was on it? You and... Uh, it was me, Jonathan Rollins, uh, Yemi Afalabi, uh, uh, Catherine Leroux, and David T. Weaver. And we also brought on as like guests because uh, David missed. David actually went to the uh, U.S. Oh. for a few months. So in the we brought on Ben Richards was on, uh, Kirsty Armstrong was on, Stephen Christensen. We had like like rotating guests on mm. as well. Cool. Then we went all over. So How's that? Cool. Is that very different from doing a club gig? Very different and very humbling. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Uh, the the worst story. Well, we were in a uh, we were going to do a show in. I'm trying to remember the, t- the names of the town now. We're going to do a show in Vesterbeek, hmm. and the arranger, it was like a separate arranger from our, 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 main, our main tour. Someone else kind of came in and said, oh, I want to I wanna arrange a few shows. And our arranger said, uh, okay, you want to do a show in Vesterbeek? Is there uh, any, any towns nearby where we could also do a show and make the road trip worth a while? And he said, uh, yes, uh, there is. There's uh, Vimmerby. Vimmer that's okay. uh, Astrid Lindgren's world. Yeah, yeah. I, might be, I, might be, I might be mixing them up now. It doesn't really matter. No, it's the first thing, maybe, yeah. yeah. The, the first night we were at the first show, the arranger had told us uh, it's a Friday night. This restaurant that we're going to is uh, really famous for their after work. Mm. Uh, so people who are there for dinner will be able to come and see the show also. 
and we were driving there. It took forever to get there. He told us on the phone, like, there's like 80 people here. It's going to be amazing. We get there and immediately start annoying the people that are, <laughs> that are there. Uh, uh, ben, Ben Richards actually hosted that <laughs> night. And uh, Catherine was on stage at the time, early on. And someone in, like, there was a huge group of, like, 20 people at one table. Mm. And someone had actually gotten up to go talk to the waitress and say, uh, is there anywhere else we can sit? Because they were trying to talk to each other. Yeah. And it, we were annoying them. So the waitress said, yes, you can, you can, uh, we have another place you can sit. The problem with that room was that the, the door for that room was right next to the stage. Oh. So between the waitress and this woman running in and out, in and out, in and out, the entire table got up and walked. They filed out <laughs> past Catherine while she's on stage. Oh. on stage. Oh, my God. Uh, and they weren't done. Like when Catherine was done, they still weren't leaving the room. So Ben went on and he like was like shaking hands with people as they walked out. That's how, <laughs> oh that's no. how close, oh how close no. they were. Oh so we ended up doing a show for four. Oh, really? Yeah, four. Oh, four wow. people stayed to actually watch the show. Yeah. So then you realize, yeah, th- yeah, it's very hard to be a uh, traveling comic mm. yeah, when I, you're completely w- unknown. That was sad to hear because I was imagining that to be, you know, a success every time in my head. You destroyed that picture, right? <laughs> you killed it. <laughs> well, we learned the, the important thing is you need to build, build up a fan base before you go on tour. Mm-hmm. You, okay. can't, you can't just go on tour as a complete unknown. And we love the concept, the whole Team America. We mm. thought that would be enough to sell. And it, and it did a bit. Mm. But it didn't get like the huge crowds. It wasn't a big money-making tour for any of us. But I'm guessing it worked in Gothenburg and uh, Malmö and, and bigger cities. But in Malmö, it was fantastic. And Gothenburg was, was, oh, Gothenburg was okay. Yeah. Uh, Malmö was, was really nice. Really? But even then, it's just, it's just so hard to like reach. It's hard to reach out, and let people know that who we are, that mm. there's a show or anything. In Malmo, it was a lot of fun because people were really excited that we're there. And then we hung out afterwards, and several were saying, "I wish more people knew about this." Yeah, there yeah. should. I think we had like forty people in Malmo, and we could have had a hundred mm. if we just had somehow reached out yeah. to everyone that we exist. Mm. Because I, I'm guessing, I mean, comedy in English would be really appreciated because there's so many people speaking English in Sweden. And, mm-hmm. You know, that would be a great thing. But they, the problem is they don't go out that much. No, uh, maybe like not. Act, act, oh, I mean, there are real, like, like expat communities mm. like on Facebook. There's Americans in Sweden mm. and that. Uh, at, so I, I can talk to those people, mm. but it feels like they rarely leave their home. Okay. <laughs> don't, mm. don't go out. They have at Big Ben on Thursdays, I think it is. They always have the first half in English, and lots of uh, English-speaking people coming down there. So. Are they, or are they more Swedish people? I think. That, I mean, uh, uh, I went there this Thursday, and it was really packed, actually. And after the English part, maybe twenty-five percent of the audience actually left when it okay. turned to Swedish. Mm-hmm. So there is an audience, I guess, uh, at least in Stockholm. Then, so that, that's. I'm gonna try to do it in English. Actually, yeah, I, I, I was aiming for doing it before this year yeah. ends, but I don't maybe you should have an English night at Power as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have we have done that. Yeah, but you don't need to. I, no, I know, I know, I know. Swedes tend to feel a bit weird. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Like speaking English on a night that's not an English night. Yeah. But there's really no reason you can't. You can always do it. I, I, yeah. I, I will very, very rarely, and not for a long time, perform in Swedish. Mm. I, I started doing comedy here in Sweden, always in English, mm. and you can because everyone yeah, gets it. Everyone understands. We're so used to it, I guess. We talked with uh, Jonathan mm -hmm. also touched on doing it, maybe making him do it in Swedish actually, <laughs> because we would think that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main reason I don't. <laughs> yeah. That's the main reason I don't perform Swedish right, often. Right. I want, we're, I want gonna, the we're not going to convince you then, or <laughs> no? But I have. Mm, uh, have? Uh, yeah, okay. I have clips yeah. on YouTube where I've done it in mm, Swedish. Mm. Um, cool. But I want the audience to laugh for the right reason. I don't want them laughing at my accent. I because I did that also also in Solna. Uh, Berad had arranged a club a gig at a youth club, mm. and I said, uh, so "You want to come?" I said, "Yeah, okay." But what's their English like? He's like, "Oh, not very good." So okay, I'll perform in Swedish. And there was like 14, 15, like I think it was 17 was the oldest. Hmm. And I went on, started speaking Swedish, and immediately they were just mocked. The audience was just, there was an audience of kids who were just laughing at my accent. It's like, you're not, you're not hearing a word I say. You're just <laughs> mocking me. All right. So you <laughs> so had a crop. Off. It was a crop at Solna. Where about? Oh, this, this one was, a, this was like a special event at the youth club, that second one. But the other one, Solna Common Club, that was at Offside Sports Bar, okay. which is uh, yeah, uh, Solna yeah, Centrum. Yeah. But that was many years ago. So did people come? No. 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 It was a terrible <laughs> club. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Barad. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many clubs uh, starting up and then disappearing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard. It must be hard to, to keep a club going. It's very hard. Uh, it's, it's not the most rewarding thing on earth. Mm -hmm. One thing you learn very quickly is uh, now with power, this is my fourth club. Oh, fourth. Yeah, okay, cool. I started, I started with Taboo, and then uh, when that closed, I opened uh, Crossfire, and then when that closed, I helped out with Cash, helped Jenny start Cash, and now and now Power. Yeah. What is the hardest thing with driving the club? At the, the hardest is the venue, because the venue always sucks. Where, wherever, wherever you're at, because mm. uh, in, in, in every case, like they they approach the, they'll approach you and say, "Hey, we don't have we don't have customers on such a certain certain night." 
can you open a comedy club? Give people a reason to come here. Like, yeah, absolutely. And then they do very little to actually support you. I've been very, I would say I was very, very happy now with, uh, with Power because Brother Tuck, they actually put us on our TVs. We have posters up all the time. Mm. So they're actually very supportive, which is yeah. nice. But you never have a really solid, like guaranteed relationship with a, with a venue. You can no. be out forever. Mm. And then Jonathan found that out. Like he w- was working with a, with, a, with a venue, was Not going quite well. well. And then they said, oh, we want to do karaoke now. Yeah. Um, okay. Karaoke of all things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking out stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're doing karaoke at Brudetuk also. No, they but tried that. They tried, but it didn't work. No, that was the thing. We Say yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like, you like karaoke? No, I hate karaoke. I, I mean, I don't hate karaoke, but I mean, I, I would hate that, uh, that, that a venue started doing karaoke instead of stand-up because karaoke is so cheesy. That's what, happened, that's what happened with Brother Tuck. We started last February, mm-hmm. and the, we talked to the, the person there and said, okay, well, they, they, we'll start doing it on Thursday nights, uh, and the main ambition is to add a second night, and we'll, start, we'll do Wednesdays. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll get to Wednesdays. And then after the summer break, we came in, and the person we talked to said, uh, uh, can you do it on Tuesdays instead and Thursdays because we're going to do karaoke on Wednesdays. Mm. This was like end of August. I said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And they, they tried karaoke for a month on Wednesdays, and it was such an abysmal failure. They said, well, if you want to do Wednesdays, you can. Like, sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must be so much nicer to, to put everything up and getting everything in order and then have a second night not having to take down everything. That's yet. the best thing. We set things up exactly. We set things up on Wednesday mm. and then we leave. We come back on Thursday. It's already done. Yeah. So it's just taking it down at the end of the night, which is nice. Great. <laughs> Making room for uh, death metal on weekends. They have, really? Yeah, they're like, always like death metal bands on the, on the weekends. Through the took. That's hard. So, what has, have you, like, what is your uh, worst memory from driving club? A Where's crazy, from? crazy memory from like like a club, not a comedian, like somebody who have a club. As a club owner, yeah. Um, hmm. Crazy comedian or co- crazy audience. There's been a bit of both. I, I think the word, maybe I guess, the, I guess, what comes to mind is the the final night of Crossfire. Uh, we were we were at uh, Caliente, and uh, and that was a place where they they wanted me to be there on Mondays because they had they had no no one was there on Mondays, mm. no one. So we started going there Monday nights, and then people started coming in. That was going well. And then after a few years, they actually started having customers on, on Monday nights. And then we were annoying them uh, with, with the show. Because there, <laughs> there it's one big room for the whole restaurant. There's, right. there's no separate room. Mm. Uh, so we had already decided that we are going to do like two or three that fall. And then that was going to be the end. So it was like the season premiere. We were there. Uh, the show was going to start at 8 o'clock originally. They may have started eight thirty instead uh, because give people time to eat and leave. This one p- night in particular, they had so many people there eating dinner. The owner kept calling me and saying, "Can you can you push it a little longer? Can, you, can, we, can we start at nine? What if we start at 10? Ooh. It was a it's a Monday night. It was a Monday night yeah. club, and the the comics were already bored. I said, uh, we can stretch it a little bit. I think we started around like we got close to nine. Yeah. Oh, and then we started, and no one did. I mean, all comics all bombed. No one did well. And I at the end of the night just said, "Oh, thank you. That was our last show. <laughs> <laughs> we're never coming yeah, not, back. Not coming back, but uh, thank you." Yeah. So that that was the, that was kind of a bad end because I cause I, cause I like that club a lot, but uh, okay. yeah, just. But what is your best best memory? Best experience? Any special day or night? 
Well, I'll, again, I'll go back. I'll go back to uh, Crossfire then. In that case, because uh, I, I got to know uh, Magnus Bettner, know him like a very, very uh, yeah. little bit. Yeah. Uh, but he was interested in performing English, and at Crossfire we were, we were doing English nights, like one, once a month. We we're going to do all English, so uh, he agreed to do one. They did it for free, which is uh, fantastic. And then the entire place, the entire place was completely packed. It was like to capacity, <laughs> completely packed out. English, yeah, uh, to see him, and then Jenny was really uh, excited because that was one of her first gigs ever. Oh, okay. uh, so she has a picture like on stage. Well, the, everyone was on that night, and Max Bettner was there, and she went on Facebook. I opened for Max Bettner. She, she was <laughs> very, very excited. So that was really good. Uh, and then like it was like a few months later, uh, Greg Poehler said uh, it was booked for an English night, and he's very competitive. She said, I, 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 he said, I want to break the record. I said, you can't because we, we, you can tie is the best you can do because we were completely capacity. Yeah. So I want to break it. Uh, and then it ended up being like just as many people, but a few people sat like directly behind the stage, like directly behind really? the stage <laughs> for him. Yeah. So then he could say, ah, oh, I, so I, I know it officially has the record then because people sat like it ass <laughs> <laughs> literally right behind you. <laughs> wow. That sounds really a bit magical, yeah. <laughs> like something you want to uh, share. Uh, but um, if, if you would choose qualities, with a comedian that make you like, okay, this comedian I would love to have at my club. What sort of co personal quality that person would have? Besides being fun, of course. Well, I, I really I appreciate comics who appreciate the room. Because well, we obviously, like myself and Eric and Jenny, we, we care a lot about, uh, about the club. And we know it's, it's, it's tough. Like we're, we're still like just starting off. There are a lot more, there are plenty of nights when there are many more comics in the room than actual audience but there are comics who come through who, like, despite that still love the room like just feel like relaxed and, and just really appreciate it and have fun and that's really that's the main quality they're looking for just just really just appreciate it mm. but if you go on stage you're like oh like mm. how many of you are comics like when you're on stage yeah. like asking the audience like how many of you are comics how many are, i i yeah. i, I hate, try to try to be crazy it yeah you matter. kill the it's, spirit actually doing that in a sense i th i'm thinking because if I was, you know, went to Power Comedy to see stand-up, I don't want to know how many comics there are in the room. I want to <laughs> imagine, I'm picturing that everybody is here to, to watch comedy and stand-up, not actually separating the room and the audience. It's, it's better to bind them. It's true. And for me personally, like I always, of course, I, I make, uh, I'm very happy when the audience laughs. I get happier when the comics laugh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I remember those. I like, really remember those times. Yeah, because it happens so infrequently. Yeah. No, but, 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 but <laughs> I remember times I, like, I just like just look over and see like a comic actually actually paying attention to me and actually really enjoying it, and then I appreciate it more than just a civilian like a regular audience yeah. member. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a sort of uh, literature. I don't remember the term in English, not in Swedish either. But it was like uh, it was written by. Authors for authors, mm -hmm. like or by elite for elite. Mm. So normal people wouldn't understand it. It was mm. above the level. Now I'm really going to boost with power. <laughs> 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 but if a comedian can make other comedians laugh, then it really counts because they are they are choosy comedians. They have been there so many times. Mm. Like if you can make them laugh, then then you're fine. And I would, I would often say that power is, is like it's like three clubs per night because we, we book we try to book no more than five comics in advance 
to give as much room as we can to people who just walk in off the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like the first like hour and a half of the show, the two hours, mm-hmm. is like any other club you, you would go to in, in town. Mm-hmm. Then the book comics are off, and then starts the marathon of everyone just walking off the street. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot, it's a lot of new faces like just starting off, and you see the audience start to trickle out yeah. of like civilians yeah. start to like leave a few here, a few there, a few there, and then. After a while, when, when it gets down to like the, the last like hardcore audience and then comics are on, the last comics are super relaxed and just screwing around, just yeah. doing whatever. And that's like the third version. Mm, that's right. Okay. That's, but what, what do you do when, when that happens, Ryan? I mean, uh, you, you have like the marathon with uh, people coming off from the streets and just signing up. Do you try to mix it up so, so you get... Uh, not only the the very beginners or you know at the end or do, do you mix it up yeah we definitely yeah. Try, we, as much as possible mm. and we've noticed we, that's one thing we learned early on the nights that we don't do that we have at the basic level is first come first serve we, we start mm. a sign up at seven o'clock so if you're there at seven and you sign up you're likely going to get on early but we can't only do just first come first serve because then the audience will leave if yeah. it's if it's too new and all would suffer yeah both the comedians and the audience yes. <laughs> so it's better to yeah okay but then that it caused one, it caused one bit of a crisis one night when there was a guy who was awful he was but he came like several times he was just terrible uh but we're open to everyone yeah yeah so he was there he got there like seven o'clock he was there early he was one of the first to sign up uh but we couldn't put him on too early in the in the marathon and then while the show was going on, like other comics, like experienced comics, were like writing, calling, showing up. Can I get on? And then we want to put them on earlier. So they got in front. Of, they got in front of him in line, and then he threw a fit in the crowd uh, during the show. Like they're like, "Why am I on so late?" Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen him since, but I, I'm mm. I'm hoping he comes back just so I can put him last, just to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need to be last sometimes. It's, I mean, that's that's also fun, but but you know, it takes some time. But it takes time to be good, and you have to stand in line. I mean, it's, how long has Power been uh, going? So since February. So we started last February. Oh, you started that. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was right when 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 yeah. I was starting. So yeah. for me, Power has been on for a long time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has been as old as our career. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's good old Power comedy. And then we started doing two nights a week uh, mm. in October. Was our first. Our okay, first October. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been there on a Wednesday yet. No, but I will. Neither, neither, neither have I. Haven't you? No. Okay. I feel like we're still getting word out that we're even open on Wednesdays. Like people have like okay. not everyone has even heard that. So we're like really trying to stress. Okay, so like you, it's it's, yeah, all right, that's good. So let spread the word. Yes, right? some Thursday I had gigs in other other cities, mm-hmm. but it feels like those Thursday I'm not those weeks I'm not at power. It mm. really feels like a little bit like I haven't seen Auntie. Auntie Jenny and Uncle yeah. Ryan and Uncle yeah. Eric. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a little bit like uh, I, I I used to say like Hema who's grandma a little bit uh, ongest and <laughs> lots of love. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Good <laughs> attitude to have also. Because if, you, if you're lucky then you get a corporate gig. You actually get paid by some like co- company or private person to go do a show, and they're always terrible. I, ca- uh, I can imagine. 
we were talking about this with someone earlier today. That the fact there's a lot of times there'll be some some company where there's one person at the company says, yeah. it's be really fun to have a comic at the or Yule board or a kickoff or whatever. And then you get there, and that is the one person out of the 200 that actually cares all about comedy. Mm. And very often, it's a surprise. Also, like <laughs> you, you try, like, you try as a comedy, you try like, to warn people in advance, like don't make it a surprise. So you have to like that, let everyone know there's gonna be a comic coming, so they get into that mindset. And almost every time they say no, it'll be a really fun surprise. And it's never a good idea. <laughs> I've done. Just, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now we have this person. You have no idea who this is. Uh, yeah. They're going to make you laugh. There you go. Like, always terrible. Always terrible. I did that once. No. No, yeah. We, uh, th- we had, uh, we had an anniversary. I w- was working at, uh, in Gävle, with Gävle Energy. And we had a, a big, uh, it was district heating was, uh, I, I think it was like 20, 40, 40 years or something. 40 years anniversary. And I booked a comedian. Uh, I don't remember his name. I know what he looks like. He's a really good comedian. Lars something. Really good. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, doing really good at the time. And I booked him and uh, <laughs> he started doing his stand-up show at, I think it was nine or something. And everybody was really drunk, too drunk, and no one was interested. So I was standing there watching, and I think one of my friends, that's it. And he was hating it. (laughs) And I think he performed for 30 minutes. That was, yeah. For 30 minutes? 30 minutes, and he kept going, you know. Just kept going, doing the, and he was really good. But, I mean, two people in the crowd, everyone else, you know, drunk and not interested and that must have been a nightmare. Yeah. Hope he doesn't remember me, actually. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, Alphonse, if you could uh, program an uh, ideal club, like from the moment you go in, yeah. and you do your gig, mm-hmm. and you stay after, yeah. uh, the room, everything, everything. How would it, if you could program it? How, how would it? Be? How would it be like? Oh, just oh, like power. Yeah, that's exactly right. like power. Yeah, you want to come back? <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard. That's a hard question to answer, actually, because I would. I would like to have a very broad audience. I mean, from different backgrounds and different type of people, and not drunk, a bit maybe, a couple of beers, no more. And uh, I would like. I, actually, I would love it to be. You know, allowing uh, cigarette smoking. <laughs> Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, you don't smoke? No, I don't smoke. I hate smoke. But but <laughs> that's you know the picture of having a room ah. with with smoke in and uh, a brick wall, of course, of course. Uh, behind, and uh, yeah, something like that. And around, I would like to perform uh, somewhere around nine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's you know on their toes and and uh, something like that. I'm guessing. And no food, just no, food. no okay. drinks and snacks. And when you're done, would you just go home? No, home? no, I would stay. Okay. I like staying, actually. I think that's a part of it. I'm, I'm not really, you know, I, I see a lot of people, I guess they're performing a lot also, but they, they go, they do their show or they're five or ten minutes or whatever, and then they leave. But I, I think it's, for me, for me, doing stand-up is not only being on stage, actually. It's uh, it's more to the, to and then that for me, I, I think I like to be at the place, uh, watching other comedians. I learn a lot from watching, actually. I think it's a great opportunity to learn. 
you see how the audience reacts and I tend to spend more time watching the audience actually than the comedians because you see the reaction and that works, that don't work and I love that part actually. It's, um, it's so much to learn I guess. So uh, I would stay. Yeah. I would stay late. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Like Paul, we always miss, yeah, often miss the last train home. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Grabbing a taxi home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous, Yeah. <laughs> get home, it takes me four hours to get home. I'm always like, oh, so you're going to get to power tonight. Yeah, it's Thursday, you know, or, or Wednesday nowadays. <laughs> it could be. And she's like, are you going to be late? No, I'm not going to stay that long <laughs> this time. <laughs> but I always do. Yeah. By, by end of your ad, too, because we talked about this before we started doing the pod, mm. uh, it is very, very easy to get jaded. Mm. The comics who show up and, and leave right away. Uh, as I said, like early on when you first start off, mm. you're so excited for every gig. You've got like, oh my God, I can't wait for that gig. Yeah. And then after a while, it's just like, oh, I, mm. I could be on the I can sit on the couch playing Xbox. Uh, all right, I'll go, yeah. I'll go to the gig. And you show up and you, and you yeah. leave after you're done. Yeah. You, you do your thing and not very social. Yeah. Yeah, it's not true for everyone, but you, you definitely get to a point like where you, you, hey, I've heard this comic, I can I can do the material in my sleep. Yeah, I'm yeah. not getting anything more uh, listening to them, which is a shame because mm. you do you do learn a lot from watching mm. each other. And you do, it. yeah, you do. Um, but how is your how does your favorite club look like? It looks like power. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I I, I also uh, I host a lot at, at Mafia mm. uh, Mafia Comedy, and that's also a lot of fun, especially when it's like just totally packed out and everyone's like really fresh and and eager for a show that's nice mm. uh we talk about uh, a place and a place in the evening my absolute favorite spot is last in the first half like last before, before the, the first break mm. that is it doesn't matter where you are for me that is that is the best spot because okay. like i said they're around nine o'clock mm. like at that point the crowd's like warm enough they're they're ready mm. like they're gonna close the first half and they have so much energy and you can really do well uh, there are there are a lot of places where you'll go on like there's be a, will be a break, and the break is over and like half the audience is gone because they mm -hmm. just watched the first hour and it just yeah. <laughs> <really> yeah. sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Sometimes when you go up and and um, or you're on, but till later, and then there's a, maybe a more famous comedian coming up doing a thing, and it's the, the place can be really packed, and when he's done or she's done. Everybody leaves, or seventy percent of the, the people, the audience in the room leaves, and you're like, "Fuck!" No, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> that happens sometimes. Yeah. And you, n you never want to go on after someone who bombs. No, like, uh, but you also never want to go on after someone who annihilates. Like no, someone who re really, really does so well. Yeah, and the audience is still buzzing mm. with excitement from that mm. last comic, and you go on yeah. like, "Okay." Uh, um, Hi, <laughs> you're not yeah. gonna like me as much. Let's just get through this. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, sometimes three comedians bomb in a row. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, it's hard to. It's it's really hard. And I mean, when the audience is really with low energy, and you have to go up, and you have lots of energy, you can't just start, you know, rushing on because no one will follow you. You go too fast. You have to increase it. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> Well, uh, Ryan. So, what, what's um, what? What do you what do you think? What do you see yourself in in five years from now? Uh, right here. Right here. Uh, in I, my I kitchen. <laughs> in your kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> 
That's one thing. We really like us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have a guest room. (laughs) This is this is the peak. There's nowhere to go after this. No, I honestly, I have, I have no ambition uh, with with stand up. I know that I should, but my my only real ambition with comedy is just get, get better at it. Mm. But I don't have any like, oh, next year I'm gonna be on the radio, and the year after that I'm gonna be on uh, have my own TV series, and I'm gonna be in the movies. I'm, I'm I don't have ambition. I just mm. I really enjoy doing this. I I have a passion for it. Mm. I just want to keep doing it as much as I can and as many different places as I can. Actually, last time I saw you performing, uh, Ryan, you you came from a movie set. Oh, that's right, it's, yeah, t- a TV shoot. So yeah, oh, yeah, it's nice when it happens. All dressed up in suit and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, what was, was that? A small, it was a small part in some like new uh, web series coming out. Mm. So I dressed up. I had like that was also fun because I had three lines that I had to just read totally level. Like I just read the lines of like a. Uh, uh, one, yeah, yeah, we lines. need to hear one those. Was, we need to hear the lines. Uh, yeah, one line was, uh, I was, I was delivering money, and I, uh, like an inheritance, and I just said, uh, "My condolences. Your grandfather's sister's cousin must have been a generous man." That was it. Like, and I, you I handed over a hand over briefcase. A briefcase. But I mean, just completely level, like no emotion whatsoever. Okay. Just, just, just totally flat. Uh, and I was on my uh, leaving there on my way to the gig. I got a text from the director. Uh, you, you were fantastic. I was like, <laughs> thanks. I didn't act. <laughs> didn't, didn't do anything. Just, yeah. uh, no, you can you were, call you, you were perfect. I was like, okay, well, if you have any more roles for me where I don't have to <laughs> do any emotion whatsoever. <laughs> you know who to call. Yeah. <laughs> but Alphonse, what's your ambitions? Oh, with stand-up. Uh, my ambition is really to... Um, to get everything together in a good, you know, in a good way to uh, to be to grow and be better. I don't really see myself doing anything special, like being a professional stand-up comedian or something. I just want to be good at it and and learn. That's the the challenge, actually. I, I think it's really hard. So I'm I'm just uh, I'm I'm gonna grind because I love the the, the clubs. I love the people surrounding the scene and uh, um, uh, I'm, uh, it's it's a real challenge for me learning something new so uh, I want to be uh, I want to develop as a comedian actually and be much much better than I am today so that's my intention with doing stand-up actually and you How, yeah 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 I don't have any goals yet um, but what it gives me is that I I have a great need. I have always had to express myself, and uh, I have always done it in by painting or acting. And uh, this is uh, what I'm doing now is is just doing that. Mm-hmm. I try to express myself, and uh, it, it developed me as a person. And yeah, like you said, I love. Uh, being with the people who I, I like, like the atmosphere, it gives me a lot. And as long as it does, so I will continue. But I don't have any clear vision of what I would be in five years with comedy. I don't have that. No. I have s- small uh, small goals, actually. I would like mm. to MC sometimes mm. because I, I think that, that would be fun to try. I think that would suit you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But, but you never You're know until you... Welcome to Tribe Power anytime you want to. Could I? Absolutely. We get really tired of hosting. Yeah. So I would <laughs> love that, actually, yeah, sure. to try yeah. that. That would be fun, actually, to try it. See if, if, if I 
could work the room the right way, being an MC. That would be fun. And um, the second one is actually to perform in English. So that, that's But you can also do a power. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Maybe should, yeah, we, I should do should that. Maybe and if you want to try a pu- puppet, you can do a puppet a power. You can, you can anything you want to do. Yeah. You can do a power. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, because I want to do. I want to do in English as well. Maybe we should. Okay. Uh, we, me and you yeah. should put a uh, date. Yeah, like, we should. Yeah, and just pepper it. And just there. do it. Yeah, and we okay. will do. We we done. We did one English night at power, and yeah. it was really successful. So we will do another one. But in the meantime, you can do it whenever you want to. Mm, great. Really? Okay, let's set a date then. Uh, <laughs> it now. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but, but before February. Okay, before February. Is that fair enough? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah, but Ryan, we, we, I need to, to write, rewrite my, my material. So uh, tomorrow or Thursday. <laughs> 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 Actually, I, I was planning on going to Power on Thursday, but we're having a pod. Uh, it's been great having you on, Ryan. It's been great to be on. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Okay. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.